Luke 16. I will not be going to any other place in the Word of God this morning other than this passage. Once you have found your place in Luke, let's go ahead and stand to our feet if you're able. We'll reverence God's Word. I'm going to begin reading in verse 19. Now I'm going to read down through verse 31. Don't let it scare you. It won't take that long. Um, I, but I want, to, I want to encapsulate the entirety of the account. And then we'll have a short moment of prayer. And we'll go ahead and trust the Lord will help us this morning. Luke chapter 16 verse 19 said, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us, that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them hear, him, hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, I love You. God, I'm so thankful that I'm saved. I understand the preciousness of salvation to the best of my ability to be able to rejoice today that I am Yours, God. And Father, Lord, I pray that You will help me today, God, as I always do every time I open Your Word. God, I am useless and I am nothing without You. I need Your help and I need Your touch. God, I pray You'd move upon us in a great way today, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Some of you have heard me talk about a man by the name of Bobby Bricker. Uh, Bobby Bricker was a gentleman that I pastored for a short period of time in Virginia Beach, and uh, Bobby had ruined his life on drugs and alcohol. Um, he had 
done so in such a fashion that he was homeless. And he was living in a tent. Um, and he had a dog. And his dog one day got away from him and he couldn't catch his dog. And his dog ran to our church. And he caught the dog and was able to get it back on its leash and thought, well, I'm here for whatever reason. I don't know why, but I guess I'll go in and hear what is being said. And I remember the day he walked in and sat in the back pew and I was preaching and uh, he stayed. He listened after the service, was able to approach him and talk to him and he stayed and shared with me a little bit, not everything, but I could tell uh, by different things uh, that he was, uh, you know, in, in dire straits in a situation, but he wasn't complaining about anything. Bobby kept coming back to our church, and uh, he would come back, and he would bring his dog and keep it outside, and uh, he would listen. And one day, Bobby finally, through the preaching of the Word of God, he got saved. And he got born again. It didn't change his situation. Bobby still lived in tents. Uh, we did all we could to help him and tried to help him. He had a hard time with a job. I mean, listen, sin and this world will cripple you and hurt you and take you further than you ever could imagine. And he was, he was reaping what he had sown, but he was one of the happiest people in our entire congregation. All he had was a bicycle. Uh, he would ride that bike. Um, and he'd ride the thing everywhere. Um, one of our daughters had a birthday. He found out about it, and to this day, I do not know how he did it, but he would, uh, he'd go around in dumpsters, and he would try to get things and find things and sell things just to do whatever, but he had found this little dollhouse, and he brought it to church on that bicycle, and he'd give it to her, daughter. Man, I'm going to tell you what. We were grateful for that. He would find things and give them to us. And uh, he loved the Lord. He come to me one day and he said, preacher, he would help clean the church. He said, I got I to gotta leave. I said, what? He said, I got to go back. He said, I've got a mom in a nursing home. He said, I've got children that have I have disowned, he said, but they don't know the new man that I am. He said, I've got to let them know. I've got to let them know what I am now in Christ. I'm telling you what, this guy come from a hard life. But let me tell you where he started. His mama took him and his brother to a McDonald's when they were kids. And she said, would y'all like some fries? He said, mama never took us out. And as they sat and ate them fries, his mama left. And that McDonald's was across from an orphanage. And when they finished eating fries, they realized him and his brother, where's mama? They run around that place looking for mama. Mama was nowhere to be found. But she knew that that orphanage would take them boys in. They took them in and they separated him and his brother. And I'm telling you, he had a rough he ended up, got to Pennsylvania, found out where his mom was at, was able to get to his mom. She was in a nursing home. He called me a couple of times and was able to say, forgive his mom. And, and, uh, but he still struggled. He tried to get a job and, and he got hurt on the job. And I lost track with him. 
hand up. <clears throat> I don't know where he's at. But I know one thing, Brother Barth. He may still be struggling today, but there's coming a day when he is going to enter heaven. That's right. And I don't care how bad of a deal he was dealt this on this life. I don't care how many struggles he's had. The day's coming, Papa Little. He's going to be rubbing shoulders with Jesus. Right. I'm telling you all right now, if you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, as a preacher of the Gospel, to the best of my ability, I'm going to try to lay it out there this morning because this is what's on my heart. As best as I can to let you know that you need to be saved. Because one day, that is all that's going to matter. Amen. Amen. It's all that's going to matter. Here's my title. Heaven or hell, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. And look... I know that this isn't uh, <clears throat> what I'm about to preach or some churches around here won't even touch this. But it needs to be preached because it's the truth. And this topic is absolutely necessary for you whether you are lost or whether you are saved. Amen? And I want to look at a few things. Look, this account is a true account. This isn't just some parable. Alright? And we're going to go down through here. And with the help of God, I just want to walk through. I want to point out some things. And like I told the men back in the prayer room, I just want to lay this out as simple as I can. If you don't know Jesus, you need to come to know Him today. Whether you're a young boy, a girl, a man, a woman, and you're sitting in here, and look, I don't have to try to convince you you know. Make it right today. Amen? Look at verse 19. It says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every, every day. And then it says in verse 20, There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. You've got two men here, two total different lifestyles. Um... You got one man who is rich. You got another man who is very poor. You've got one man who is rich and it doesn't name his name. But you have another man who is poor and it names his name. Now here's why his, this rich man's name is not in here. Because God's forgotten his name. His name is not written in the book of life. It never will be. He's going to stand before God one day, this man. And God's going to say, Brother Jason, depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. 
And I just want you to know something. We've got people all over this county. We've got people all over this world that they have given and sold their soul to the world and success and they have no time for Jesus. But the Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue shall confess that He is Lord. There is coming the day we'll all stand before Him. And that speaks of Lazarus, this, this man that was a beggar. It says there, which I think is just a few interesting points I want to lay out here. It says, which he was laid at the gate full of sores. Now I don't know whether he was crippled up. I don't know whether he just was uh, of, a, of a state he couldn't walk. But this man had to be carried to this place where he would go and beg every day. You think about that. Just a little bit I'm going through with my arm. You know, in this surgery I've had on my rotator cuff, uh, I tell you, it'll wear on you. You, you. you have something happen to part of your body. You just don't realize how important it is to be able to use and, and function when just one part of your body, just one, I mean, you want just one arm, how many things I'm handicapped to. I can't imagine being in the state this man was. And he had to be carried to this place. Uh, he had to be carried there to what? To, to beg for anything. Look, I wouldn't want to live like that. Man, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And really anybody with any sense would say, look, I sure would rather live a life like this first man we read about here, this rich man who was living in this success. I mean, who wouldn't want to, uh, to, to at least have things and listen, for the most part we do, who would ever want to be like Lazarus? Spend every day begging Spent every day suffering. Had sores. Dogs would come up and lick on them. Couldn't get any attention to get them fixed. Look, we live in a wonderful country. I know I'm, I'm preaching about holy discernment and sound thinking and I realize there's some insane living that's taking place. People, it's like this country's been turned over to a reprobate mind. But I'm telling you, listen, we, we, th this country is still the greatest country for people to come and if a man wants to dig in and work and, and, and make a name for himself and he can do it. Right. If if a man wants to get a job and take care of his family he can do it and pay for good medical care and even in this country if you can't, there are people gonna help you. Lazarus didn't have any of that. No no ability whatsoever to better his condition. Look what it says in verse 21. It says, And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and, and licked his sores. I remember before I met Bobby, you know, we're so sheltered here. We live in a beautiful area. I love, and I'm not saying Stanton and Waynesburg, Harrisonburg. I mean, I know we've got, we've got it here as well, but... You know, I was, as a young person, I never really was around much homelessness where you really saw the truth of it. And uh, I worked for a company, and I had to go to New York of all places. Man, don't hold it against me, but even Yankees can get saved. But at the time, I wasn't sure. And I went up there on a job, and, and we was right in the Bronx, and, and, and this salesman, I was trying to help this salesman out. We had to, we had to put some tape in a subway. And we had to do it at night. It was so bad they'd have police officers with us while we did the work so nobody would mug us. And I'll never forget that 
Yankee salesman. I met him. He picked me up at the airport, and, and, and I got in the car, and he talked to me. It wasn't very long, and he said, look, whatever you do, don't talk to anybody. He said, with that country accent, he said, they'll rob us blind in a heartbeat. He says, if anybody asks questions, let me do the talking. There's no way you need to say a word. I said, all right. And I remember going down to the place we had to go and seeing homeless people for the first time, I guess, really, that I remember. That's sad, man. I've seen some of them just laid out. Some of them, I remember one fella who was eating something like he just, like he picked right up off the street. Other people were, I remember a man in the dumpster. And, uh, that's a reality. Amen? I can't imagine being in that state. I can't imagine being so bad off that you'd have to be that way, but this was Lazarus. This is what uh, where he was at. And uh, look, we've got people living and dying like Lazarus every day. We do. In cities all around us. We're... We're blessed beyond measure. We're sitting in this beautiful building. To me, it's a miracle. Yeah. Uh, we got padded pews, air conditioning and heat. Amen. Right. I mean, we've got road and comfortable automobiles. Woke up with a roof over our head, took a nice hot shower. Look, we'll go home. We'll go, we'll go eat lunch somewhere. And we can get whatever we want. We're craving Italian, go get Italian. If you're craving Mexican, go get Mexican. If you're craving just good old meat and potatoes, go get meat and potatoes. If you're whatever you you can get. Do you realize that we eat and live better than some kings we read about in this Bible? I'm talking kings. Just us. Just us. Yet there are people out here who are living and dying. In the condition Lazarus was. And verse 21 says, And desiring to be fed, it says, with the crumbs. That, listen, he was hoping that the crumbs out of the trash from this rich man's place would, would lend him enough to have a meal. He's in bad shape. He's in bad shape. But watch what happens. Verse 22 says, And it came to pass that the beggar died. That the beggar died. And was carried by the angels. <laughs> carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Listen, somewhere along the way in Lazarus' life, he didn't get bitter against God for a situation. He didn't get bitter and mad at the world. Listen, but somewhere along the line, he came to believe the truth about God and salvation. Amen? And listen, the day he died, the day that he died, God did more for him than he ever did for him on the earth. You think about that. He did more for him. That day he took his last breath, he did more for him than he ever did on this earth. Amen. Can I say something? No matter how bad your situation is, no matter how bad you feel it is, 
And so I'm going to tell you what, the day if you're saved, you die, you'll wake up in heaven. Praise God. It'll be better than the worst day on this earth ever can be. Amen. 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 It surely will be. Hallelujah. Look, we need to do everything we can to be a blessing to other people. I understand that. I want to help other people. And we need, and I hope that we as a church can help people. But if all we ever do is, is feed the poor and help the sick and help people and never give them the truth of the gospel of Jesus, we have done them no good. That's right. Amen? Amen? If we haven't introduced to them the Savior, we haven't done the most important thing we need to do, and that's give them the truth of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Listen, Lazarus, his life never was good, but it got a whole lot better, amen, when he took his last breath and entered through those angels into the bosom of Abraham. Amen. Now look, let's look at the other. It came to pass that the beggar died, and he was carried into the angel, in, into into the angel. Uh, he was carried by the angel into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Here's what I want to do: I'll just break down a few things. What happened to this man with a good life? Had a nice home, had good food had a good job, could get medicine, could take care of himself. He woke up in hell. He woke up in hell. Listen, you know what money can buy you? Money can buy you food. Money can buy you clothes. Money can buy you a home. Money can buy you nice things. Money can get you good care. But money, listen, money can't buy you another day. Right. It ain't going to happen. It's appointed man wants to die. After this, the judgment. That appointed day and time for each and every one of us, it's there. And I don't care how much money a man's got or what a person does, you're not going to change that appointment. There's a lot of appointments people cancel and they rewrite and redo. You're not changing that one. Amen? I'm telling you. Listen, you can't buy another day. You can't buy heaven. When death comes knocking at your door, that's it. And you don't choose when that is. We do not choose. Listen, death is not a respecter of persons. When it comes, it comes. Amen. And when death got to this rich man's home, he didn't, he didn't view the rich man and view Lazarus and say, oh, I need to pass you by and go to someone else because you're rich. No, when death came knocking for this man, it was over. And when death comes knocking for you, it is over. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death. The Word of God tells us the soul that sinneth shall die. It's coming. And for you young people, understand it may be the last thing on your mind, but it needs to be as real to you as it does anybody else. Amen. 
Look, I want everybody in here to live a good life and to have nice things and to achieve things uh, and enjoy what God's given to them. But listen, you cannot forget one day death is going to come knocking at your door. And when that day comes, will you be ready? Will you be ready? Look, it doesn't matter what you've accomplished uh, or what you didn't accomplish, who you know or who you don't know. Listen, death is coming. Death is coming. Now it says here at the end of verse 22, it says, uh, The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Lazarus in his bosom. It says there, what happened to him? He died and he woke up where? That's just not a, a word, a cuss word people use today. It's a real place. And it, it, listen, it's a word that a lot of preachers don't want to preach about anymore. And, and listen, there's a lot of churches don't want to cover this. But I'm telling you, hell is as real as heaven. Amen. Listen, the Jehovah's Witness, they don't want to believe in hell, but Jesus does. The Mormons don't want to believe in hell, but Jesus does. you got liberals today, Christians and preachers, they don't want to believe in hell, but Jesus does. Listen, you got versions of the Bible, they try to take it out of there, whether they do or whether they don't. They may not believe in it, but Jesus does. Hell is real. Amen, that's right. And this man went straight from fine living and fine, a fine life to waking up in hell, in pain, in torment, and that's where he still is today. Straight to hell. Lazarus, listen, when he took his last breath because of the decision he had made, listen, he, hey, listen, what took his last breath, woke up in the arms of angels. This man took his last breath, woke up in hell. You better get saved if you're not saved today. Amen. A hundred years from now, for everybody in here, that's the only thing that's going to matter what I'm preaching to you. And of all the messages I can preach, and of everything we can go over, everything you accomplish, a hundred years from now, for every single one of us in here, this will be the only thing that's going to matter. Amen. And he says there, look at verse 23, in hell he lift up what? Hmm. Hold on. He's still alive. This skewed thinking, well, I don't believe in anything when I die, that's it. That's not true. He can still see. It says he lifted up his eyes. And then it says here, listen, in torments, he can still function. He can still feel. Amen. He not only has knowledge, but he has more knowledge now than he ever did in his entire life. And I'll tell you why, Aaron. He may know a lot of things, but he chose to reject the truth when he was alive. But now he knows more than he ever knew before and wish he could go back, but it's too late that hell is real. And the truth of what Jesus did for us is the most important decision anybody can ever make. Amen. I think it's interesting here. It says, In hell he lifted up his eyes, and being in torments, he seeth Abraham afar off. And then it says here, what does it say there? It says, uh, Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham! He knew Abraham. Listen, Abraham was long gone well before this fella. But he knew him in hell. 
He knew him. He knew him. Look. He knew Abraham and he recognized Lazarus. You think there was some shock factor there? That's the guy that laid out of my side of my gate. What's he doing there? Well, why am I here? What's he doing there? Listen, he could see, he could process, he could feel, he could talk. He hollers, Father Abraham. Father Abraham. Now look, God only had one group of chosen people. Who was that? Israel. The children of who? Abraham. He is a Jew. He knew as soon as he saw Abraham who he was and realized he was and knew he was Father Abraham. But listen, Abraham couldn't give him everlasting life. Listen to me. Your mom and daddy can't give you everlasting life, boy. I may be your daddy, but I couldn't give you everlasting life. Amen. Your family's not going to give you everlasting life. Right. Religion can't give you everlasting life. Only Jesus can give you everlasting life. This man's a Jew didn't matter. Well, I've, I've, I was raised in church. It doesn't matter. You'll die and split hell wide open if you don't receive Jesus as your personal Savior. But, but, but I, my granddad and my grandma and my parents, good Christian, I know they were saved, but you never took time to receive Him as your personal Savior yourself. I've taught Sunday school for 50 years. Who cares? There's going to be people who've taught Sunday school all their life going to split hell wide open because they've never repented of their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus and His shed blood and by repenting of your sin and putting your faith in Him. Amen. It doesn't matter who you know. Listen, your family, uh, your, the amount of money, your friends can't give you everlasting life. It's only attainable through the Lord. Amen. Do you young people realize that? You realize that, boy? You girls understand that? The rest of you children understand that? You could die in a car wreck today. You could die in an automobile accident today, leaving this church or going somewhere else. And all your saved family members can't keep you out of hell. That's sober. But that's the truth. Amen. Amen. Ain't nobody going to keep you from hell but yourself when you put your faith in Jesus. And ain't nobody going to send you to hell. God don't send people to hell. You send yourself when you reject Jesus Christ. He cries out to Abraham and he says, Have mercy on me there in verse 24. Have mercy on me. Listen, God is merciful as long as you're alive. God is long-suffering as long as you're alive. God is patient as long as you're alive. 
God is full of tender mercy and patience and love as long as you are alive. But as soon as you take your last breath and you drop into hell, there's no more grace. There's no more mercy. There's no more tenderness. There's no more love. There's no more of any of that. And there's no more hope. The Bible says this, Seek ye the Lord while He may be found. Amen. Call upon Him while He is near. Cried Abraham, have mercy on me. And, and, and he said, send Lazarus that he may... Now look at the request. This was a rich man. He had a lot of things. But his request was dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. I believe that's being tortured pretty bad. Look, I've got water right here. I've got it at my disposal. There's a water fountain right out there. You could, you could, you could leave here after the service and go up there and get you a, a, a water. You could go back in the fridge and grab one of these bottles of water and you could quench your thirst. That man's still begging for a drop of water now. He's still begging. Listen to me. I know most of you in here may be saved, but we still need to hear this. We still need to understand this. We all know these words, but I'm going to tell you something it's awful easy to forget. This rich man begging for a drop of water. It's easy to remember right now and to think about things, but guess what? We'll get up, we'll all go to work tomorrow. Listen, when you're at work, it's easy to forget. When you're around your friends, it's easy to forget. When you're uh, shopping or doing whatever you're doing, it's easy to forget. But listen, I'm telling you, th this we need not forget that this is where people are going every day. Can you imagine being so thirsty that you beg for one drop? One drop. Jesus said one time, He said, If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Why? Because he's living water. Amen. If I if I get thirsty, Papa only do I can quench my thirst at at drop of a hat. I'll never have to know what it's like to thirst like this. Because Jesus, when he said on the cross, I thirst. He took on that for me. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. That rock that followed them, which speaks about it in the wilderness with the children of Israel back in the Old Testament, that was Jesus. All they had to go to was talk, speak to that rock. And out of that rock came water after water. Listen, 1.5, maybe 2 million people, they say, made that journey. And for all of them, water just gushed out. I'm telling you, if you're not saved today, you need to drink of the fountain of living water. Amen. 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 If you die without Jesus and you get to a place, you'll not have one drop of water. You're going to burn in a flame. And it's going to hurt. 
It's going to work. Look. Like a lighter. And here's what I want to do. I like this thing. I want somebody to come up here and I want you to hold your hand over for about a minute. Who wants to do it? You want to come hold your hand over something? What are you doing? You're blowing an illustration. You ain't thinking. <laughs> trying to scare people. I wish I could. Mm -hmm. But I can't. Right. You want to know why? Go back to 9-11. Mm -hmm. What, for maybe two weeks churches were full? Mm -hmm. All people was in touch with God? You know where they are today? Back to the same wicked, dirty lifestyle that has lived before it happened. That's right. Still cursing and using His name in vain. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to preach truth. Amen. I've watched. Look, this ain't this ain't the first time I've preached on hell. I've watched. Listen, I went to a man's house one time. He was dying. A man called me from Kentucky and said, "I have an uncle that's dying. He's lost and he needs Jesus. Will you please go and share the gospel?" I took my Bible and went to that man's house. And I went in there, boy, that's looking rough. I took my Bible and I tried to, you know, I just don't run in. Oh, here I am, I'm going to go. <laughs> tried to make some small talk, but eventually before it was over, I started sharing the gospel. Now I can remember like it was yesterday by the bar. I took my Bible and I started preaching truth. And I laid my Bible on that man's head. I remember I was trying to get him to understand he had to receive, if he's going to receive Jesus, he had to lay down his life and be willing to receive Jesus. When that, I laid that Bible in that man's hands, he started shaking. His whole body started shaking. It, and listen, he slammed that Bible. He threw my Bible down on the He says, get it out of my hands. He put his hands up and says, I have no more, no more. His wife said, I think it's time for you to leave. He's dead now. Never gave Jesus a chance. I've watched them. I've preached. Listen, I look. I can tell countenance. I watch them squirm and move. Know they under conviction. Watch them get up out of them pews and go out that door.
Look, I don't care how many modernists try to air condition hell. It's a place of torment. I don't care how many new versions of the Bible try to remove it. Hell is real. And young people go there. Old people go there. Popular people go there. Rich people go there. Poor people go there. Good people go there. I'm telling you, if you don't have Jesus in your heart, you haven't received Him as your personal Savior, and you take your last breath today, and you have the ability to understand and comprehend heaven and hell, and you have an understanding to realize the truth of the gospel, and you've rejected Him, you will go to hell and remain there and be tormented. It's a place of torment. This man, if you realize this, he cries out and he calls out. He's begging for water. He says, I'm being tormented in this flame. He's burning, Brother Jason, but he's not being burned up. You know what I'm thankful for? Mr. Sanford, I'm thankful that when I got saved, I received everlasting life. This old shell may quit breathing. This old heart may quit ticking one day. But the Bible says to be absent in the body is present with the Lord. It's Lucy, I'll go to sleep, but I'll wake up with the Lord. And I'll live with Him forever, Brother Jason. But that ain't the only people that's going to live forever. You die and you go to hell, you'll live forever. Right. There ain't no dying there neither. Right. To me... That's sobering. Look, people get mad at somebody today and they'll say, You go. You know, they'll, they'll you know what I'm talking about. They'll use this word as a as a curse word to they're gonna send somebody, get mad at somebody else. Well, you you just you go to you go to there. Listen, can't nobody sentence nobody to hell but one person, and that's God, and He will if you reject Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Listen, if there is just but one of you this morning that's on the fence, and you're contemplating, and you can make it right today, this has been worth it all. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? Look at verse 25. Abraham said, Son, remember that thou, thou in thy lifetime receivest thy goods, good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. Beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Look, one thing I'm also thankful for is eventually we get to heaven, He's going to wipe away all tears. Hallelujah. All tears will be wiped away. All bad memories will be, eventually will be wiped away. Do you know that will be a blessing to us that are in heaven, but that's going to be a curse to those that are in hell? That's right. Can you imagine how awful it's going to be to be in hell and remember this message when you rejected it? 
And over and over again in your mind, you're, listen, like you may be saying now, preacher, just quit. I'm tired of hearing it over and over in your mind, and it may be louder, and I'm not going to blow his eardrums out now, shouting in your mind the very message, and forever and ever and ever and ever, you're going to hear it over and over, and not just this message, but every opportunity you had to receive the gospel, you're going to hear it over and over, and every time you rejected it, over and over. Listen, he was begging for Abraham to come get him and Lazarus. But Brother Jason, they said, there's a great gold fix. We can't do anything for you. You die and go there. Amen. Regardless of the lie the Catholics tell you, ain't nobody being prayed into heaven. Amen. You take your last breath, you're either going to wake up in heaven or you're going to wake up in hell. There ain't no in-between ground. Amen. There ain't no, listen, there ain't no in-between. Look, I'm going to get as personal as I can right now. One thing that we that are saved do not like to think about is those loved ones that we know that are there right now. Family, friends. Look, I've had to preach funerals. I've looked out into the crowd knowing where they were. But you can't do anything for the dead. You can't do anything for them, but you can for those that are still alive. Amen. And listen, he goes on, and for the sake of time, I've got to move. I know I. But, but, but. Look what he says here. He says, Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. Verse 27, For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. You know what we need to do? It may break our heart, and we may not want to think about those that are there that are rejecting him, but I'm going to tell you what, for those... Family and friends, you do have that alive. We need to, we need to honor the request of this man. You go and preach and proclaim and tell him the truth of the gospel before it's too late. Amen. Amen. Go tell him to receive the Lord and receive Him now. Look, you, you can't bring them water. You can't show them mercy. You can't get them out of there. But at least we can warn the family and the friends and those that are alive. We can warn them. Amen. It's real. It's a terrible place. Amen. But you can escape it through Jesus. Look, we sing songs and, and it makes us think of it. We, we, we hear preaching like this. We, we get sober-minded about it. But listen, we have got to go and tell. Amen. We've got to share with other people. Look, you're, you're going, just understand, it's not going to be comfortable to talk about it, but we still need to talk about it. Amen. May not be easy. It may not come easy for us ever, but we need to do it. We've got to get them the Word of God, Brother Jason. Amen. Right. And look, look, look here. He says in verse 29, eight, and look at what Abraham said. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets, let them bear them. You know what he's saying? They've got the law. 
They've got the word. They've got the truth. Listen to me. What you hold right here, you've got the truth. Right. We've got what they need. Amen. It's it, listen. It's not some other program. It's 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 not some other way to entertain them. It, it's the truth of the word of God. We preach Christ. Amen. Amen. That's it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. That's the way God chose to do it. Are you able to take the truth and go to other people and share it? If not, learn. If not, ask me. If not, if we've got to do a class and go over just the simple, basic truths to share with people, we'll do it. I'm telling you, people all around us are dying and going to hell. We that are saved have got to open our mouths and give them the Word of God. Amen. Maybe it's a track. Maybe it's a... A, a sign. I, I know before we, we, we've got different signs that we've carried before. And, or maybe it's just talking to people. Whatever it is, amen. We've got to get it to them. And look at this. Here's why. Here's why. Look at verse 30 and verse 31. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham. He's in hell and he's still arguing. <laughs> but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I'm telling you, listen, it's the Word of God. Amen. It's this Bible. It's the power of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of preaching. Amen. Look, Jesus died on a cross and there were people, Brother Richard, that passed by that day and they still didn't believe. He rose from a grave and left the tomb empty. The stone was rolled away. Not that He could get out, but some others would come in and see. He had conquered death, hell and the devil, and there are still people that witnessed that and didn't believe. Amen. You've got something at your disposal that God's laid in our hands and given to us that makes us capable of rescuing souls from hell. And listen, it's not some youth activity that's just nothing but games. It's not some great food event. It's, it's not some entertainment. It's not how much can we make this church look like the world and make you feel comfortable while you're here. But it's Jesus, amen. That's what it is. Look, we could transport them back in time to the cross and the tomb. And what we see here from Abraham telling him, it wouldn't matter. They could see the miracles. Go to the cross. I'm telling you, they need the Word of God. For by grace are you saved through faith. And in Romans 10 it says, So faith cometh by hearing and hearing by... You have a better chance of seeing someone come to the saving knowledge of Jesus by proclaiming this Bible than you do anything else. That's right. Amen. Morgan, I want you to come to piano. Look, I don't like talking about it. I'll be honest with you. Why do we not like talking about it? 
It's difficult. But can I tell you something? Part of the reason I'm saved is because I didn't want to go to hell. Amen. And part of the reason you're saved, if you're saved today, is because you didn't want to go to hell. Amen. Ain't that true? We've got to preach it. You may be here today, listen, if you don't change, if you don't repent, you're going to go to hell. Can I tell you something? People in hell don't even want you to go there. And the Lord sure don't. Won't you get saved? Give your heart to Jesus. Don't play games with eternity. You're not promised tomorrow. And let me say this to us that are saved. Go back when you first got saved. Man, I remember, I remember calling some of my friends. I ran with a rough crowd. And I remember calling some of them and apologizing. Because I was one of these liars that went around telling everybody I was saved because I went to church. But I knew I wasn't saved. Amen. I never had that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I never prepared my sins to put my faith in the Lord. I remember one most specifically. Man, a lot of my friends I've prayed for, I've prayed they get saved. And I was so burdened for him, I apologize for being a fake, and I shared with him what I what God had done for me. I've gotten saved and changed my life. Man, I was so burdened for them. Do you remember that when you got saved? Remember the burden you had for your family? Couldn't keep your mouth shut? I wanted to tell everybody. I got mad at some of my family. They didn't want to think, we pray for John to get saved, but not that saved. <laughs> that boy was on fire and lost his mind. Now listen, I wanted to tell him. They didn't want to believe because I had made some little false profession years ago. Listen, hey, no, let me tell you something. I got born again, amen. I was dirty, rotten. But he saved me, amen. I want to tell him, amen. We got to get back to that fire. We can't, listen, we can't get comfortable in this Christianity. I'm thankful I'm going. I'm thankful you're going if you're going, but we can't get comfortable in it. You've got to get back to it. Remember when you just wanted to tell everybody? Probably offended some people because you, you just had to tell somebody. Amen! You was just going to tell people, man. My granddaddy, man, listen, Mike, for years I thought my granddaddy was a salesman because every day he says, we do do it. He's handing out tracks. I thought he was handing out, he was selling stuff. It was tracks. He was talking to everybody. We couldn't go anywhere without him telling somebody about Jesus. We need to get back to that, amen. amen. We're all guilty of getting comfortable. Amen. 
Some of us, maybe we just need to, hell's got to become real to us again. Or maybe heaven just got to get sweet again. Amen? Let's not get comfortable in our salvation. And listen, let's warn everybody we can that they might get saved before it's too late. Let's go ahead and stand on our feet, heads bowed, eyes closed. We're going to begin to play. This altar is open. If you need to come do business with the Lord, please come.